Bullock guarding in. Gibson picks it up. Ball deflected and stolen by Bullock. Reggie Bullock with the steal. Burks dribbling. Gets away from Vucevic. And the Knicks will win it. What a finish. Bullock, who got caught with the hell ball situation, redeems himself with a big steal. And the Knicks win their fourth straight at the Garden. Good morning and welcome to the Friday morning edition of the Daily Ding Athletic NBA Morning Show here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jared Weiss. I am still here on Friday mornings with the one and only Wazzy Lambert. What's going on, Big Waz? Yo, yo, I'm good, man. I'm chilling. How are you, man? Hey, this man's got a nightstand coming tomorrow. That, that's that's big time. We got nightstand deliveries happening. <laughs> yes, sir. Shouts to the good people at Wayfair. I, I, I just moved into my new place. All Wayfair boxes all over the place. Of Wayfair's course, way to go. Of course. They're actually a Boston company, believe it or not. Uh, all right. Oh, so, so we're not even, well, we're not getting paid by Wayfair, so we can't give them too okay. good of an advertisement. Facts. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Magic Spoon instead. But so, yeah, once you're done eating your Magic Spoon and you're ready to listen to us talk hoops, we have some good ones to talk about from Thursday night in the association. We had two, not one Timberwolf, but two Timberwolves dropping 40 points and beating the hottest team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. That was a thriller. We have the Knicks, who on paper are just like rolling out like role players from four years ago when they're still winning NBA games every single night, it seems like these days. Huge win for them at the end there. And then we got to talk about the Wizards beating the Jazz. Rudy Gobert is unhappy. We're going to tell you what he had to say when we get to that later in the show. But let's start with the late game. So the Minnesota Timberwolves, they upset the Phoenix Suns 123 to 119. Anthony Edwards had 42 points in this one. Carl Towns, 41 points, 10 boards, and eight dimes. Those dimes were important. Mm-hmm. He had some really impressive passes, including one to Ant, who was sealing in the middle of the paint on Chris Paul. And Carl yep. Towns threw a great pass to him. That was a crucial layup to kind of clinch the game for them. Yeah, Chris Paul tried to kind of go over the top for the gamble because he clearly wanted no parts of guarding this kid one-on-one that deep into the paint. So he went for the gamble, still missed it, ends up in a layup. Uh, Carl Towns and Anthony Edwards had a beautiful little two-man game going where Aiton just didn't know what to do in that situation. He wanted to sag off a little bit because he knows how explosive Edwards is going towards the hoop. But then you got to remember that Carl Towns is the best shooting big in the NBA, right? And Edwards, who's nobody's idea of John Stockton, was, you know, when there's that much space and daylight between him and a wide open Carl Towns, he even Anthony Edwards can figure out how to make that pass. And Carl Towns was just making it rain from three point land on the sun's head all night. And when they weren't, you, when, when, when Aiton wasn't, you know, sort of dropping way too low on the pick and roll. Aiton was just getting around guys, getting to the cup, getting fouled, converting layups. He looked so explosive in the fourth quarter, particularly. Like, I know, you know, people are going to be like, well, he was four for 13 from three, et cetera, et cetera. It took 30 something shots, all fair points. But when it came to the fourth quarter, um, the biggest possessions of the game, him and Carl Towns had a beautiful synergy going, and they were able to generate great look after great look. Well, we got super producer Andrew Schlecht on the boards here, and we're going to make sure we clip you saying Anthony Edwards is no one's idea of John Stockton. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> going to be our promo clip for this episode. 
Because <laughs> you're, I don't disagree with that at all. And it, what I love though was just that Edwards, you know, at the beginning of the year was a little bit out of control. Obviously, he had that big dunk on Yuta Watanabe, but like, beside from that, was not really in control of his dr- dribble drive game, which is what made him the number one pick in the draft. That has changed. That has really changed, especially ever since Chris Finch came to town. But the guy looked so in control, really just has the kind of body control we don't really see from rookies ever. I mean, the, he looks like an NBA vet when he's trying to attack the rim. Yeah, the body control is there. And I loved his just heft and his willingness to take contact. He likes contact. He seeks out contact even when he gets down um down there with the big uglies. And I think to me that portends very well for his future because obviously right now he's not a great three-point shooter, right? He's His bread and butter is going to be near the cup, but a lot of young guys have trouble when they first get into league fi- figuring out how to finish over NBA length and athleticism, right? But I think Edwards, man, the early indications are that he's going to be a plus sort of paint player. Uh, and, and you got to be excited if you like that. Conversely, Jared, to get on the Phoenix Suns, look, you never want to get too crazy, jump out the window over one game, right? They're 26 and 13. They're looking good all season. But I think looking forward into the postseason, their center rotation is slightly problematic, Jared. Um, Aiton has seemed to regress on defense. Um, and 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 that's not good. And I get it. The Sarich at center lineup has been killing people all season and respect to that lineup as a regular season lineup. Do you think they're going to do that guy's going to be able to deal with LeBron and AD or Jokic or even like I, I like, is I don't I don't see that being a thing that that's good for them or even a Utah like I I just I think their center situation is is something to monitor going forward. I think you're totally right. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move at the deadline to try to shore up with just some just some veteran defender that weighs at least 260 pounds because Frank Kaminsky yeah. is kind of the backup five if it's not Sharage mm. playing small ball. And Kaminsky definitely has his role. He's been solid for them, but that's not going to be it. And it's been a weird third season for Aiton because, you know, there was – he was having a really good start to the season. And then a lot of teams realized that if they wanted to beat the Suns, they needed to get him out on an island on switches and attack him downhill. And they were going to be able to really take advantage of him. And then I guess a similar way of doing that is just having Carl Towns either stretch him out or just take care of him in the high post. But either way, just getting Aiden pulled away from the paint where obviously he's a monster when he's playing above the rim. And he's just really he's there's something about the way he turns his hips that his hips are just like really slow and guys just get that quick step on him and he's just toast. He's unsure. He doesn't he's he's thinking when he's out on the perimeter, right? Like he's not just instinctive when he's when he's having to make those decisions cuz these decisions have to get made in a split second and that's why I think, you know, he's getting exposed. He doesn't have the feel, the the instincts to get it done on the perimeter. There was a there was a possession late in the fourth where Towns had him where he just faced up from the three-point line and said, "You know what? I'm just going to break this dude off the break this dude down off the dribble and then Aiton reaches in and clearly fouls the hell out of the guy so again never want to overreact over one game one individual regular season game but the defense at the five spot for the Suns is is something I'm I'm really going to be curious about going forward 
give him credit though. Every other position ain't a problem. Mikhail Bridges has oh, been terrific. CP still Love doing his thing. Mikhail Bridges, dude. Um, he's my favorite player to watch in a long time. Just as a role player, he's a superstar in his role. In the sense that he's going to guard up to four positions. He's knocking down open jump shots. He's a great off-ball cutter. Um, he can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. Like... He is such a complimentary piece when you have these ball dominant types and his defensive versatility and motor too. This dude just does not stop. Amazing guy to watch. Now there's major Sean Marion 2.0 vibes there. Oh man. Yeah. Said to the garter where the Knicks, they beat the Orlando magic 94 to 93 on, as we all predicted in 2021, a Reggie Bullock steal on an Evan Fournier pick and roll. It was just like such a weird, bizarre game that the, just the, the score is just so low. I mean, this was, it felt like watching the nineties Knicks really. Let me get, let me tell you something, Jared, I'm about to make my barber carve graffiti style writing was in the back of my head, Anthony Mason style, because the Knicks got me feeling nostalgic. This game ending in the nineties on a night where the Wizards dropped 131 points, right? The Knicks are playing knock them out, drag them out, just barroom brawl type of basketball. Like Tibbs has actually basically transfused his own psyche and mentality onto his players. Like when you, you know, the greatest compliment you could pay to a coach is that the team takes on his own, his or her own individual personality and it's hard to not say that about the Knicks right now. They play with so much hustle, so much effort. Um, it's fitting that they almost threw the game away, but won it on a game-saving defensive play, right? Evan Fournier gets up in the air, is unsure what to do, double pumps. Reggie Bullock, who has never been considered some type of stalwart defender throughout his whole career, or just Johnson. swallowed the... <laughs> Nor was he considered John Stockton. Just swallowed that whole thing up. Um, this team is just so fun to watch. A couple of their guards, you know, early on couldn't get it going. Um, but it's crazy. They're down the stretch, they're going to Julius Randle for just straight up isolation ball. Clear it out for Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> this team is it's 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 you know it's antithetical. It's it's um it's uh it just doesn't make any sense, but it's working. And these are the type of games they have to win against sucky teams like the Magic because their schedule is going to be much tougher down the stretch. But man, can't argue with these results. I mean, th this was just like a Tibbs night. Uh, just distilled. I mean, you have Julius Randle carrying the offense by like backing guys down from 20 feet out and just smashing them into the post and then doing like a huge pro hop into a jumper. It was just like, it really felt like you were watching the 90s Knicks. And then you have, so their rotation in this game is RJ Barrett playing 41 or almost 42 minutes. He had a solid game. Julius Randle is another triple double. My, my box score says he had 17 assists. But we're talking about Julius Randle, so there's no way that could be Insane. true. Insane. <laughs> this guy's career is just—it's—it's it's unbelievable the way it's gone. Um, then Alec Burks played 33 and a half minutes. He had 21 points and 10 rebounds. Alec Burks had a double double. It's crazy. Um, you had Frank the Tank, Frank Nolikina, 27 minutes. He had a huge clutch three. He—I think did he go three for five in this game from deep? 
three for seven from deep. But still, Frank Nolikina had three threes in this game. Uh, and then, of course, Nerlens Noel was out there. Uh, but the real big man, because this is a Tibbs game, who else? But Taj Gibson, who is somehow played every single season for Tibbs for the past 15 years, even though <laughs> Tibbs has only been an NBA coach for like seven of those. <laughs> and, and then, of course, the star of the show, Reggie Bullock, comes off the bench, plays 36 minutes. He has 20 points, three steals, three dimes. This is a guy that was like, it seemed like his career was a kind of on the outs last yeah. year. It was unbelievable. I mean, this this team on paper, it makes no sense that they are as good as they are. But there's an obvious reason. Yeah, and you know, it sounds cliche to say it, but playing hard is a skill. Playing with consistent effort is a skill. That's a that's not like some sort of character trait. That's a tangible skill. Um you watch teams and we're going to get into Utah later on, but like the idea that you come out and you're willing to just give it 100% effort on a lion's share of your possessions in a given night in the NBA, that's going to be good enough to get you a nice chunk of wins despite the talent. And I think the Knicks are showing that. And I think they they have a theory of the type of team they want to be, right? Like, I, I know we're all snickering at Julius Randle, the all-star, the alpha dog, but that's their identity. They play through Julius Randle. And... You know what? He's rewarded them with, like you said, improved playmaking and just beating up on guys one-on-one when he gets the opportunity to. And, you know, it's it's been effective. You can't argue with it. So uh, just one last thing in this game is the Orlando Magic angle. And with the Wizards winning, which we'll get to in a minute, the Magic have now fallen two games behind the Wizards and the Cavs for 12th and 13th place. They're two games up on the Pistons for the worst record in the East. The only teams below them are the Wolves and the Rockets. They've been avoiding the fire sale for a long time now. They've been riding that treadmill of mediocrity. It seems like it's time, right? Like This this upcoming week, they're going to get rid of all these guys. Fournier, Gordon, maybe even Vucevic. It, just, it seems like it has to happen now. I mean, if they were smart, that's what they would do. Um, I understand they're perpetually chasing the freaking eighth seed, or in this case, in this season, the 10th seed. But they should have a fire sale, man. Um, This iteration of the team is just not much better than what they showed last year. Um, I, I And I get it with Vucevic, like, he's not going to be as valuable to another team as he is to them, so it makes getting, you know, a proper return back a bit clunky and difficult, but like, yeah, you should be getting off of Fournier, because I think Fournier could help a lot of teams that are going to the playoffs, right? Like, his sort of Swiss Army knife type of guy where a guy who could dribble, pass, and shoot, and he's big enough that he doesn't have to get completely killed on defense— yeah, you should be taking calls on him. Aaron Gordon should have plenty of suitors because of his positional versatility defensively. I know, like, offensively as a tweener, he never really found a position. But, like, a guy that athletic in the playoffs um, and who can guard that versatile amount of people, um, he's he's going to be valuable to some, you know, playoff-bound team. So, yeah, they should try be trying to get stuff back for these guys because their season is headed nowhere. It's a race to the bottom. The Wizards beat the Utah Jazz, the top team in the league, 131-122. to 122. Bradley Beal, 43 points and five dimes. Russell Westbrook, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. 
classic Russ, 12 for 23 from the field, 9 for 11 from the free throw line. That outdoes Donovan Mitchell, who he had 42 points. Jingles had a huge game. He had 34 points. This was the battle of the two superstars on each team. Obviously, Joseph, Joe Ingles, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, the the Bradley Beal-Russell Westbrook one-two punch continues to be one of the best duos in the entire NBA. Yeah, it's, it's heartening to see that Russ is feeling more like himself because early in the season, he was just playing the worst ball of his career, probably worse than even his rookie season, and just looked like a shell of himself. And now we're seeing that signature Russ ferocity explosion playing with force, constantly putting pressure on the paint, constantly putting pressure on your team in transition. Um, it's good to see that vintage Russ back, right? Because you never want to see a guy with that level of talent be hurt. So it's good to see him giving that contribution. And of course, Brad Bill is playing like an all-NBA level player. He's just been that this whole season. He's one of the best clutch players in the league where like if you're on an island against Brad Bill, good luck figuring out what to do between his step back, his quick first step, his ability to finish around the rim. Like good luck figuring out what to do with Bradley Bill in clutch time. And he's just been one of the best players at his position all all year. But, you know, the story of this game is the Jazz, right? You know, you you talk a big game and not getting respect from the officials. Um, obviously, LeBron and KD puncture two all-stars in the all-star game by playing a prank and picking them last. Uh, it, you do all of this yapping about lack of respect, lack of this, and you come out and you have a performance like this, or you have the performance that you had against Golden State, where last season when the Jazz got in trouble, Jared, it was because they stopped taking it seriously on defense. It was Rudy was pouting about not getting the ball, and so he stopped being who he know who we know him to be on defense, which is a defensive player of the year caliber defender. So we get it. You've got more offensive weapons and firepower than you've had in years. That ain't your identity. That's not what you supposed to be hanging your hat on on a night in night out basis. Um, our guy Tony Jones, my boy. What's up, Tone? Um. He tweeted this quote out from Quinn Snyder tonight, and Quinn said this, Jared, collectively, we were too casual getting back. We got beat middle. We didn't shift in from the weak side. The urgency, we have to have it on defense. It needs to improve. That's all you need to know. But I know Rudy said something even more hilarious. Oh, that was better. He said, we have to realize we haven't accomplished shit. We get upset when people laugh at us on TV and disrespect us, but it's on us to have respect for ourselves and understand that we're not that we're, we're not the champions. We are not a team that can just cruise. And that happens, right? Every year, a team races out. They're the top dog. They're getting proud of themselves. And then they kind of switch on autopilot a little bit. And then a team with two elite players comes through and knocks them right down the middle. Not a huge shock to see that. You know, the funny thing was, so they've been winning all these games this year where they're hitting a ton of threes and they're also limiting the opponent. In this game, they went 18 for 48 from three. The Wizards went seven for 17 from three. When's the last time you even heard of a team taking less than 23 pointers in a game? But on the other hand, they also got to the line 38 times. So they were really ramming it down Utah's throat. Yeah, man. And again, like getting back on defense, this isn't like 
executing flawless pick and roll coverage or ex flawlessly executing your switches or flawlessly executing help defense on the back line after you know somebody penetrates and punctures the defense Th this is straight up just run run back run back and that's a telltale sign of a team that's too damn cool for school period all right, we're too, we're too damn cool to continue this podcast. So that's going to do it for us here on The Daily Ding. Thank you, as always, to Waz. Thank you to Andrew for making us sound great and for editing out all my meltdowns. Uh, don't forget about all the other great podcasts that we have here on the Athletic Podcast Network in the NBA sphere. We have No Dunks. We have the Athletic NBA Show. We have uh, House of Strauss. We have all your favorite local shows here. Make sure you listen to the Athletic NBA Show. You're going to hear Waz all over that. I I feel like Waz is on every single podcast that even exists at The Athletic, as he should be. And don't forget about uh, subscribing to The Athletic, where you can read all of my work there. You can read Waz's style power rankings. You can listen to more uh, podcasts where even Andrew is on on Saturdays on The Athletic NBA Show. Do that by going to theathletic.com slash ding. We have a $1 deal going on right now. I don't know how many cents that is, but it's got to be somewhere around 100. That's a great deal. So please take advantage of it because I want to feed my family. Waz, let's get out of here. Lift every voice and ding, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>